Happy day, Rosso Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping you're having a terrific day that you are feeling the love of God for you and your family. That is something that usually happens a lot more, I feel, around Christmas. So I'm hoping that is the case. If for some reason you are not, I hope that um, God will find a way to be able to show you that love through someone or something like a sunset or anything that you love that he'll be able to manifest himself unto you at this um, Christmas season. So I wanted to share with you um, the Christmas lesson that um, is found as we study the Old Testament this year. And so I wanted to share that with you. Um, and that leads me into a disclaimer uh, that I am not a professional podcaster, um, nor a scriptorian. And as you can very well hear from my furry friends, uh, they kind of make their appearance known here and there, and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, so I apologize to you. Um, and it seems to me like every time I try to do one of these, that is when they spring up in action. Kind of like when little children, you know, um, as soon as you get on the phone or, um, you know, someone comes over, they are holding on to you by your leg or interrupting so you can't make that phone call exactly the same thing I'm experiencing uh, with my furry friends when I tried to do this podcast. So I apologize. That's probably what um, stresses me out the most. But I overcome that because I have incredible lessons to share that just brighten my day and Hoping that sharing this with you will do the same for you so you can find hope uh, in your daily life. So having said that, we are diving in into the December 19th through 25th Christmas lesson that is called, We Have Waited for Him and He Will Save Us. And I love it, love it, love it. We are going to discuss um, sections that are called I Rejoice in My Redeemer. Symbols can help me re remember Jesus Christ. Um, his name shall be called Wonderful. Um, and then there's, um, you know, Suggestions for you and your family on Christmas traditions that can point out to Jesus Christ uh, and the Christ child and nativity story. So um, I have really kind of prepared to share with you an astonishing lesson that I came across. Um, and so I will do that as soon as I let everybody know um, 
welcome. I hope that you uh, can find this lesson I'm going to share helpful. Um, I'm taking these from the manual called Come Follow Me, set out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can find a copy of this through DeseretBooks.com or at one of their stores. Um, or you can get the digital version that you can read online um, through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Do a search for Come Follow Me and then find the week of December 19th through the 25th. Um, you can also download the app of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and be able to have all of these lessons right at your fingertips. So thank you um, for seeing me through with my cute little furry friend um, that was very vocal a few minutes ago, so I apologize. But today's lesson is fabulous. I mean, I kind of feel like Hopefully, everyone um, has a different spirit, little pep in their step uh, during the Christmas season. Um, and for those of you that are, you know, have different beliefs and faiths, um, hope that you can still feel some of that magic that comes around this particular holiday that a good section of the world um, celebrates and uh, you know hope that everyone respects those Christian beliefs just as we respect Jewish beliefs and you know Hindu beliefs and other beliefs out there um, that we all just find joy in the celebrations that are important to us and that we all respect that so that is my hope and prayer. So hopefully nobody feels offended in any way, shape, or form, but I know that's kind of not going to happen in today's world, right? Uh, somebody will always try and take us down for expressing our beliefs and um, expressing our freedom of speech type of thing. But um, so be it. Uh, hopefully... Um, those people know that it's not done with any intention to harm them, hurt them, or make them feel less. Um, God's love is for everyone, including non-believers uh, and non-followers. Uh, so, um, thank you everyone for letting me share this with you. Um, I am going to start with the favorite part of just reading the... Um, Summary, and it says, The Old Testament carries the spirit of eager anticipation in that way. It's a little bit like the Christmas season, beginning with Adam and Eve, Old Testament patriarchs, prophets, poets, and people looked forward to better days filled with hope for renewal and deliverance by the Messiah. And the Israelites were frequently in need of that hope whether they were in captivity in Egypt or Babylon or held captive by their own sin or rebellion, through it all, prophets reminded them that a Messiah, a deliverer, would come to proclaim liberty to the captives. 
That hope began to be realized when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. The mighty deliverer of Israel was born in a stable and laid in a manger. But he wasn't just the deliverer of the ancient Israelites. He came to deliver you, to bear your grief, to carry your sorrows, to be bruised for your iniquities, so that with his stripes you can be healed. This is why Christmas is so full of joyful anticipation even today. The Messiah came over 2,000 years ago, and he continues to come into our lives whenever we seek him. I am back and ready to dive into the part of this uh, Christmas celebration that I wanted to share with you. Uh, and the first part is, I rejoice in my Redeemer. Uh, it says, Christmas is known as a joyful season because of the joy that Jesus Christ brings to the world. Even people who don't worship Jesus as a son of God can often feel happiness of Christmas. Ponder the joy you feel because Heavenly Father sent his son. Centuries before the Savior was born, Old Testament prophets also felt joy as they spoke of the coming Messiah. It says, read some of these passages and think why they would have been so precious to those who look forward to the Savior's mission. I'm going to read a couple of those um, verses in the scriptures. Um, some of those are in Psalms um, 35, 9, and that one says, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. Um, then we're going to go to Isaiah 25, 8 through 9. And this talks about the mission of the Messiah. He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and rebuke, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. I can certainly jump right in with that uh, joyful description. Wouldn't that be fabulous when uh, death is conquered and when uh, all our tears will be wiped off all of our faces? Uh, I can't even wait um, for that day. So Christmas is a joyful celebration for this very reason, because we celebrate the birth of the Savior of the world, and that will bring so much joy into our lives uh, in many ways and wonders. Um, and what I wanted to do is I discovered that um, the joys very specifically as outlined by the prophet of the church, um, President Russell M. Nelson. Um, 
gave this fabulous talk uh, called uh, Joy and and Spiritual Survival um, in November 2016. And I wanted to read the joys about Christmas that he talks about uh, in this great talk. And so I wanted to, um, it's going to be quite a lot, but I wanted to have a place where this wonderful uh, talk that was clearly inspired by God um, is a message to the world, Um, not just for the um, Christians, um, but to the whole world because we are God's children. And so I hope uh, that is as impactful for you as it was for me. So I'm going to dive right into this um, talk given at the October 2016 General Conference, Joy in Spiritual Survival. Um, and it says it's by the president, Russell, Russell M. Nelson, president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And it reads... My dear brothers and sisters, today I would like to discuss a principle that is key to our spiritual survival. It is a principle that we will only become more that it... Okay, let me start again. It is a principle that will only become more important as the tragedies and travesties around us increase. These are the latter days. So none of us should be surprised when we see prophecy fulfilled A host of prophets, including Isaiah, Paul, Nephi, and Mormon, foresaw that perilous times would come, that in our day the whole world would be in commotion, that men would be lovers of their own selves without natural affection, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and that many would become servants of Satan who uphold the adversary's work. Indeed, you and I wrestle against the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. As conflicts between nations escalate, as cowardly terrorists prey on the innocent, and as corruption in everything from business to government becomes increasingly commonplace, what can help us? What can help each of us with our personal struggles and with the rigorous challenge of living in these latter days? The prophet Lehi taught a principle for spiritual survival. First, consider his circumstances. He had been persecuted for preaching truth in Jerusalem and had been commanded by the Lord to leave his possessions and flee with his family into the wilderness. He had lived in a tent and survived with what food could be found on the way to an unknown destination, and he had watched two of his sons, Laman and Lemuel, rebel against the teachings of the Lord and attack their brothers Nephi and Sam. Clearly, Lehi knew opposition, anxiety, heartache, pain, disappointment, and sorrow. Yet he declared 
boldly and without reservation a principle as revealed by the Lord. Men are that they might have joy. Imagine of all the words he could have used to describe the nature and purpose of our lives here in mortality. He chose the word joy. Life is filled with detours and dead ends, trials and challenges of every kind. Each of us has likely had times when distress, anguish, and despair almost consumed us. Yet we are here to have joy? Yes, the answer is a resounding yes. But how is that possible? And what must we do to claim that joy that Heavenly Father has in store for us? Eliza R. Snow, second general president of the Relief Society, offered a riveting answer. Because of Missouri's infamous extermination order issued at the onset of the grueling winter of 1838, she and other saints were forced to flee the state that very winter. One evening, Eliza's family spent the night in a small log cabin used by refugee saints. Much of the chinking between the logs had been extracted and burned for firewood by those who preceded them. So there were holes between the logs large enough for a cat to crawl through. It was bitter cold and their food was frozen solid. That night, some 80 people huddled inside that small cabin, only 20 feet square. Most sat or stood all night trying to keep warm. Outside, a group of men spent the night gathered around a roaring fire with some singing hymns and others roasting frozen potatoes. Eliza recorded, Not a complaint was heard. All were cheerful and judging from appearances. Strangers would have taken us to be a pleasure excursionist rather than a band of gubernatorial exiles. Eliza's report of that exhausting, bone-chilling evening was strikingly optimistic. She declared, That was a very merry night. None but saints can be happy under every circumstance. That's it. Saints can be happy under every circumstance. We can feel joy even while having a bad day, a bad week, or even a bad year. My dear brothers and sisters, the joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. When the focus of our lives is on God's plan of salvation, which President Thomas S. Monson just taught us, and Jesus Christ and his gospel, we can feel joy regardless of what is happening or not happening in our lives. Joy comes from and because of him. He is the source of all joy. 
We feel it at Christmas time when we sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. And we can feel it at year round. For Latter day Saints, Jesus Christ is joy. That is why our missionaries leave their homes to preach his gospel. Their goal is not to increase the number of church members. Rather, our missionaries teach and baptize to bring joy to the people of the world. Just as the Savior offers peace that passeth all understanding, he also offers an intensity, depth, and breadth of joy that defy human logic or mortal comprehension. For example, it doesn't seem possible to feel joy when your child suffers with an incurable illness or when you lose your job or when your spouse betrays you. Yet, that is precisely the joy the Savior offers. His joy is constant, assuring as that our affliction shall be but a small moment and be consecrated to our gain. How then can we claim that joy? We can't start by looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith in every thought. We can give thanks for him in our prayers and by keeping covenants we've made with him and our Heavenly Father. As our Savior becomes more and more real to us, and as we plead for his joy to be given to us, our joy will increase. Joy is powerful, and focusing on joy brings God's power into our lives. As in all things, Jesus Christ is our ultimate exemplar, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Think of that. In order for him to ensure the most excruciating experience ever endured on earth, our Savior focused on joy. And what was the joy that was set before him? Surely it included the joy of cleansing, healing, and strengthening us. The joy of pain for the sins of all who would repent. The joy of making it possible for you and me to return home, clean and worthy to live with our heavenly parents and families. If we focus on the joy that will come to us or to those we love, what can we endure that presently seems overwhelmingly painful, scary, unfair, or simply impossible? One father in a spiritually precarious situation focused on the joy of finally being clean and right with the Lord the joy of being freed from guilt and shame, and the joy of having peace of mind. That focus gave him the courage to confess to his wife and bishop about his problem with pornography and his subsequent infidelity. He is now doing everything his bishop counsels him to do, striving with all his heart to regain the trust of his dear wife. A young woman focused on the joy of staying sexually pure 
to help her endure the mocking of friends as she walked away from a popular and provocative but spiritually dangerous situation. A man who frequently demeaned his wife and indulged in angry bursts at his children focus on the joy of being worthy to have the Holy Ghost at his, as his constant companion. That focus motivated him to put off the natural man to which he had too often succumbed and make needed changes. A dear colleague recently told me of his past two decades of heavy trials. He said, I have learned to suffer with joy. My suffering was swallowed up in the joy of Christ. What will you and I be able to endure as we focus on the joy that is set before us? What repenting will then be possible? What weakness will become a strength? What chastening will become a blessing? What disappointments, even tragedies, will turn to our good? And what challenging service to the Lord will we be able to give? As we diligently focus on the Savior and then follow His pattern of focusing on joy, we need to avoid those things that can interrupt our joy. Remember Korihor the Antichrist? Spewing falsehoods about the Savior, Korihor went from place to place until he was brought before a high priest who asked him, Why do you go about perverting the ways of the Lord? Why do you teach these people that there shall be no Christ to interrupt their rejoicings? Anything that opposes Christ or his doctrine will interrupt our joy. That includes the philosophies of men so abundant online and on the blogosphere, which do exactly what Korhor did. If we look to the world and follow its formulas for happiness, we will never know joy. The unrighteous may experience any number of emotions and sensations but they will never experience joy. Joy is a gift for the faithful. It is the gift that comes from intentionally trying to live a righteous life as taught by Jesus Christ. He taught us how to have joy. When we choose Heavenly Father to be our God, and when we can feel the Savior's atonement working in our lives, we will be filled with joy every time we nurture our spouse and guide our children, every time we forgive someone or ask for forgiveness, we can feel joy. Every day that you and I choose to live celestial laws, every day that we keep our covenants and help others to do the same Joy will be ours. Heed these words of the psalmist. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. In his presence is fullness of joy.
as this principle is embedded in our hearts, each and every day can be a day of joy and gladness. I so testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know about you, but that was unreal. That whole talk by the prophet just seized my heart uh, with a way that I've never looked at joy before. The word joy has totally different meaning to me now. And the song, Joy to the World, that we sing during Christmas has totally have different meaning at this point. I just wanted to to share that particular uh, talk that was just fantastic. And I wanted to um, truly, Jesus Christ should be the focus of our life. But at Christmas time, you know, we focus so much on gifts, giving gifts, but really the gift that he has given us of having joy in the midst of trials and confusion and turmoil and peace uh, is truly the best gift that we could ever get um, on top of being cleansed from all sins when we repent. It is unimaginable. Um, so I wanted to read this, the hymn to you, uh, Joy to the World. Um, and maybe if my furry friend stops barking, I can play it for you. Um, it says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And saints and angels sing. And saints and angels sing. And saints and angels sing, rejoice, rejoice when Jesus reigns, and saints their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more will sin and sorrow grow. Nor, nor thorns infest the ground. He'll come and make the blessings flow. Far as the curse was found. Far as the curse was found. Far as the curse was found. Rejoice, rejoice in the Most High. While Israel spreads abroad. Like stars that glitter in the sky. And ever worship God and ever worship God, and ever and ever worship God. I um, wish that I had this beautiful voice where you could have heard it, um, but I don't. I wanted to focus on the actual words of that hymn, um, and that it would bring joy to, to us at this Christmas season, I have one of my favorite um, hymns or songs of all time um, is 
um, one that it's a part of the Handel's Messiah. And um, Handel's Messiah is um, by um, a scripture in Isaiah. And um, I wanted to read you the scripture. Is it, It's absolutely... If I can put anything on a stone as to what uh, Jesus Christ is in few words. Because, I mean, obviously we can read, write books about him and never be done. But to me, this Isaiah on chapter 9, verse 6, uh, expresses how I feel um, about all the things that he has been able to do for me. So it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Reading that brings me so much joy. I cannot wait for his second coming. Um, I am so looking forward to that day. And like President uh, Russell M. Nelson said, we are going to face trials because we are dealing with people um, wicked people in high places and um, they're out to destroy our joy uh, in any way shape or form that they can but they have not um, realized that that is literally impossible to do as long as you and I focus maintain the focus on our savior and his sacrifice for us and focus on the joy that he still wants us to have in this world regardless of the trials that come because they will um it will happen joy is possible peace is possible especially in his temples i mean those temples are springing up everywhere around the world and I believe that it's due to the fact that we will be running towards them so that we can get away from the world to feel joy and peace and strengthen ourselves to come back and deal with life one more week. Um, because that is the precise purpose of them and for us to be able to help others on their journey towards accepting Christ. Uh, if they have gone before us, died, and we can help them still um, accept the gospel of Jesus Christ in the next life. So I am so thrilled that I discovered this talk by uh, President Nelson. Um, Sometimes I don't read everything that's on the lessons, but 
and so thankful that I did this time. And with that, I am just going to leave you with the joy to the world so that you can focus on all the joys that our Savior um, can bring us um, that are disguised as, um, you know, pain and sorrow and uh, just, um, you know, that by all means should never make us happy, but because we get strength through him and because we are focused on him, we are able to find joy, just like Lehi said, men are that they may have joy. And um, Christ is the author and finisher, not only of our faith, but of our joy. And so I say that, um, hoping that this Christmas brings you ever closer to him, especially at this um, perilous times and so I leave you with joy to the world Since